The key is to listen to what your body and mind need in the moment and to honor it. And if what they need is a cup of tea, go make yourself a cup of tea. Take the time to do that. Listen to your insides. They know what's going on. Hi, and welcome to the Creative Solutions Podcast, where we interview cutting-edge creative artists, entrepreneurs, and innovators who are changing the world. We also bring you tips and techniques that you can implement. This episode is brought to you by my favorite productivity hack, the Brain FM app, this podcast's hosts, Podbean, as well as my book, Speak From Within. And for a limited time, for my podcast listeners, I'm offering a complimentary 15-minute coaching session. See the link at azoldatcom slash coaching or take a look in the show notes. Hey there, and welcome to the Creative Solutions Podcast. I'm your host, Isolde Trachtenberg. Thank you for being here. I really appreciate it. Today, I'm. this is another one of those uh, recorded in my living room under a fluffy blanket episodes because I've been thinking about this a lot and I really want to start and keep talking about this. And the topic today is something that's really close to my heart and might be close to your heart too, particularly if this is something you struggle with, and that is confidence. What is it? Where does it come from? And how can we build it, cultivate it up, especially if our upbringing wasn't exactly confidence boosting? And that's a big deal. (laughs) It's a big deal for me. Uh, I was not brought up in uh, a supportive household. Definitely my, my parents were not the not only were they not the hand-holding types, but it was an abusive household. And I've talked about this on the show before. So uh, when, I, when I bring this topic up, it's because I've been struggling with this myself, this whole notion of how do you remain confident or build confidence if at your foundation, when you were very young, the very people who were supposed to help you instill a sense of self and a sense of self-confidence not only didn't do that, but in fact did the opposite. So this is one of the reasons I want to talk about this and keep talking about it because I think it's really crucial and important. But let's begin at the beginning. What is confidence? Uh, Well, at its core, I'd say confidence is the belief in yourself and your abilities. It's sort of that inner knowing that you can handle whatever life throws your way, that you are worthy of success and happiness. But here's the thing, confidence isn't something that we're born with. It's something we develop over time. And it's often influenced by our upbringing and our life experiences. And there can be some really big differences in the confidence level of various people, depending on the amount of support versus not support and even more versus abuse that you got when you were growing up. And yeah, I said abuse because I I do want to talk about what that means uh, personally and also for, for other people too. So let's, I want to talk about the differences in confidence levels between those who had supportive parenting and those who didn't. And this is not a woe is me episode, just so you know, I just really have been thinking about this, about where you get your sense of self, where you get your sense of self-confidence. And when you're born, you don't think about it, right? You don't think about whether or not 
you're allowed to be here. You just are. You scream and cry for attention. You uh, do whatever it is babies do. And we are mammals and we are mammals that are dependent upon our parents for a very, very long time, right? There are certain mammals, deer and horses come to mind, where the babies are up and walking very shortly after having been born. But there are some babies like pandas where they are born teeny tiny and muling and are so ultra dependent on their parents, on their mothers especially, for so long before they're viable to survive and thrive on their own. Humans are on that side of the spectrum. We are helpless for the first few years of our lives, pretty much. I mean, within the first year, we can we can go and we can perhaps open a drawer to get ourselves a, a packet of crackers, but we're not going to be able to satisfy Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you know, food and shelter and clothing and all of that for ourselves for a very long time after we're born. So we need that supportive parenting to survive. But I think on an emotional level, we also need supportive parenting to thrive when it comes to confidence, because a parent that neglects a child fundamentally shows that child from early on that that they're not worth supporting or parenting. I mean, that's one of the things we have to think about from that perspective. This is not to say that it's a it's always the parent's fault or whatever, whatever. I'm not going to get into blaming anybody. This is more about from the child's perspective, if you're not getting that, hey, you deserve to be here feeling from your parents, where do you get it? Me personally, I got it really from my teachers, and I was very lucky to have some incredible ones. Shout out to Mrs. Saperstein, Mrs. Smolodowski, and Miss Hudson, later Mrs. Gutman, uh, you three, uh, Miss Miss Lipman, and Miss Wallach. So many of you, <laughs> so many of you uh, helped me. If you're listening to this, and I know I'm so lucky, my teachers listen to my show. You you helped me survive really and you instilled in me a sense that I could do it Miss Powell also my choir director from from high school also just did amazing things to help me realize I deserve to be here and there are sometimes people who are lucky enough to have that and there are sometimes people who are not but moving sort of a little backwards I want you to picture this someone who grew up in a nurturing environment where they were encouraged to explore to make mistakes and to learn from them that's Wonderful, right? Chances are that person's going to have a solid foundation of confidence to build on. But what about those who had verbally, emotionally, or even physically abusive parenting? It's true that their confidence probably took a hit. They might struggle with self-doubt, fear of failure, or feelings of unworthiness. Now, it's true that you can have the one or the other, right? You might have had really supportive parenting, but still lack confidence. And you might have had complete lack of support when it comes to parenting, and you might still be super confident. Those are probably outliers in my mind. And I'm not a psychologist, but this is what from from coaching so many thousands of people over the years, I got to tell you, that's kind of what I'm thinking. But here's the important part. Your upbringing doesn't define your confidence. Yeah, sure, it influences it, but it doesn't determine it. You might still have confidence, like I said, if you had terrible parenting, and you might still lack confidence even if you had great parenting. So the question becomes, how do we bridge the gap? How do we build confidence, especially if our upbringing left us feeling less than? 
I think it starts with recognizing that you deserve to feel confident. Yep, that's right. You deserve it. No matter what your past may look like, one technique to cultivate that fundamental level of confidence is through positive self-talk or even mantras. Mantras like, I deserve to exist, or I'm entitled to the good stuff, or I deserve to be here. They can help rewire your brain to believe in your own self-worth. So I wanted to give you a few techniques, in fact, four techniques for building confidence specifically for people who might be lacking that fundamental sense of self-assurance that might have come from supportive uh, self, I'm going to say self-instilling parenting. Here's the first technique. Practice self-compassion. Treat yourself with the same kindness and understanding that you would offer to a friend in need. Right? This is something that's so important. We treat other people so often more than... We, we, we treat other people way better than we treat ourselves a lot of the time. So the same kindness and compassion that you would offer to someone who needs your help and needs your compassion, I want you to offer that to yourself too. Acknowledge the struggles and mistakes without judgment and remind yourself that you're doing the best you can because you are. And I remember I had a therapist once who said that at any moment, we are all doing the best we can, even if to the outsider, the best we can is something horrible that's just the best that's the best our our organism is capable of at the moment and that that's a tough pill to swallow i think because you want to have something a little bit more uh lofty <laughs> right that the best you can is something good it's not always the case okay self compassion this is an amazing amazing practice imagine you're sitting across from your dearest friend and their eyes are filled with tears as they pour out their heartache to you. What do you do? You might embrace them. You might offer words of comfort and reassurance. Here's the thing. Think about treating yourself that way with that same level of tenderness the next time you're feeling a lack of confidence or you're feeling heartache or you're feeling sorrow. What if you did that for yourself? In addition to having that from friends, what if you did that for yourself. Because see, self-compassion is like giving yourself a big, huge hug from the inside out. It's about embracing our own humanity, warts and all, with open arms and a gentle heart. So the next time you muck things up, instead of beating yourself up, try, like I say this a lot, try offering yourself a little bit of grace. Acknowledge your struggles and, and whatever mistakes you've made without judging yourself. Because I think we all have moments when we feel like we're not measuring up, but that doesn't make us any less worthy of love and acceptance. So remind yourself that you're doing the best you can with, with the tools in your, in your, the current tools in your current toolbox. That's probably the best way <laughs> of saying it. So now imagine that you're talking to that dear friend again and, and ask yourself, what would you say to lift them up? What would you say to help them out? And now turn those same words of compassion and kindness inside and, and give them to yourself. Give yourself that same level of compassion because frankly, you deserve it. And self-compassion, by the way, isn't just about words. It's about actions too. So give yourself a little, a little self-care. Uh, if you're into it, take a bubble bath. Uh, get your favorite dessert if you feel like it, although rewarding yourself with food can be problematic, especially for people like me who've got a serious sweet tooth. But if you just take a minute 
to breathe and center, uh, that might be a really good thing to do. This morning, for example, it's snowing here in New York City, and I started thinking about uh, where I am, and I took a picture uh, out the window and and posted it on social and talked a little bit about the last apartment that we lived in, and that last apartment was hell. <laughs> That's just... The upstairs neighbor uh, routinely threatened our lives. She screamed and yelled constantly at 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning. She played incredibly loud video games, the kind that have, you know, sirens and explosions right above our heads. And when we asked her to wear headphones, she cussed us out and told us she was going to sick her boyfriend on us. Uh, it was it was an awful, awful apartment to live in. And this morning when I'm in my current apartment and I'm looking at the snow, I just remembered that place. And I, I hardly ever think of it anymore because it was it was something to get through and get over and let go. And I just went, you know, I, I'm so grateful. I'm grateful for the experience of having lived there because I know that I will never allow myself to get into that same situation again. So I know questions to ask. I know to meet the neighbors before I move into the next apartment. Not that we're planning on moving again anytime soon, I hope. But the point is, uh, our friend, my mine and Rich's friend, Brian McNellis, shout out to you, Brian, said something about performing that I've held very close to my heart. He said, uh, what goes wrong at this gig goes into the next gig's contract. And those are words to live by. It's, it's a lesson learned kind of thing. If something gets really mucked up before you do it again, make sure that you prepare to, to keep that from happening, right? So now I have all of these uh, tools in my toolbox to make sure that doesn't happen. And so one of the ways I treat myself with self-compassion when it comes to that, because there is a part of me that's going, oh, you should have known, you should have done better, you should have, you know, and I heap all of that on myself. I kind of went, you know what, you did better. You're now living in a better place. You met the neighbors before you moved in and signed on the dotted line. There were all of these things, you know, I made sure that the entire building was non-smoking and it still is, thank goodness, because I'm allergic because the upstairs neighbor smoked also. That was, that was another joyful little thing that she smoked and would not stop, even though it was a non-smoking building. And I know there, there are a lot of people who go, oh, New Yorkers, yeah, you live in New York, you're just basically going to have to put up with smoke. Yeah, and at the same time, you know, hey, guess what? <laughs> This is a non-smoking building. But all of that is for another time. We don't need to keep talking about that. It's just, <laughs> it just was a challenge to my sense of self because I felt like there wasn't any, there was no recourse. I guess that's the best way of putting it. All right, so let's move on. Speaking of, the next thing I would say is take a breath, center yourself, and remember that you're worthy of love and kindness, especially from yourself, right? So if the people around you aren't treating you that way, like my neighbors didn't, I encourage you to treat yourself, to practice self-compassion like your life depends on it, because frankly, in a way it does. All right, technique two, set achievable goals. Break down your larger goals. And I talk about this all the time. Break down all the things that you want to achieve into their tiniest incremental steps, because small steps are still steps. So break down your larger goals into tiny manageable ones. Each time you accomplish one of these, celebrate your success and acknowledge your progress. I mean, really, this is so important because if you have, let's say you have this big, beautiful dream, 
Maybe it's to write a book. Maybe it's to start your own business or to improve your mental health or to learn a musical instrument or to take a dance class. And that's amazing, right? But then suddenly the dream feels like it's way far away and unachievable because there's just so much going on or you don't feel confident or whatever those things are that keep you from starting. So uh, instead of going, oh, that's not achievable, make the goals achievable. Honestly, I helped a client recently who wanted to take a class but was too afraid because she thought she didn't have the skills. And I went, okay, that's how you build the skills is to take the class. And I said, you know, today you don't have to sign up for the class. All you have to do is Google the URL for registration. And tomorrow, click, click on the link. And the day after that, fill out the first part, your name and the address or whatever. You don't have to do it all in one day. I talk about this sometimes on the show. I had a client who came in and she said she she wanted to, she was having a really rough time and she wanted to go out and, and take a, you know, she wanted to take up hiking, but it just feel, it just feel, <laughs> it just felt completely out of reach because she was depressed and, and so down that she was having trouble even walking out of the house. And I said, you know what? You don't have to start hiking today. All you have to do today is put on your shoes. That's all. And tomorrow, maybe put on your shoes and walk to the front door. And the next day, put on your shoes, walk to the front door, open the door, and step out onto the porch. And the next day, do all of that, and then take two steps down onto the street. And the next day, walk to the end of the block. And the next day, walk around the block. And here's the thing. She did that, and uh, two years later, she sent me a message going, you're not going to believe what's going on. Uh, you, you, I'm, I'm hiking the Appalachian Trail. And I'm like, excuse me? <laughs> and she went from not even being able to put her shoes on to she's, I think, on her second time hiking the trail or had finished the second time this last autumn. And she said, and it's because you said, don't do all of it at once. You can't start hiking the Appalachian Trail today. What you can do is put on your shoes today. And what you can do is walk to the front door tomorrow. And what you can do is walk to the porch the day after that. And she said, and I did all those steps. And step by step by step, I walked the Appalachian Trail. And I just was thrilled for her. And that's really, that's really the point, right? If you break those big, massive goals down into bite-sized pieces and incremental bite-sized pieces, that's the roadmap. That's the roadmap to succeeding, right? So for example, to bring it back to creativity, especially for writing a book for me, if you want to write a book, instead of fixating on the huge task of writing an entire manuscript, start by setting smaller goals, like writing a certain number of pages each day, or create an outline, or uh, you can break it down to, uh, instead of writing by pages, you can write 200 words, or you can write for half an hour. And it's much less intimidating to go, I'm going to write for 20 minutes. I'm going to set an alarm and I'm write for 20 minutes. And tomorrow I'm going to write for 20 minutes again. And the day after that, and the day after that, and the day after that. And if you do that, you're going to build your confidence because you're going to be doing it, right? Consistency is king when it comes to confidence. If confidence is queen, 
consistency is king. That's how you do it. You build your confidence by making everything manageable and not so intimidating. And little by little, you're going to realize that you've got this. And that's so important. And here's the fun part. Every single time you accomplish one of these goals, no matter how tiny, celebrate like gangbusters. I'm serious. Give yourself a pat on the back. Do a happy dance. Treat yourself to something special because frankly, you've earned it. And one thing is I want you to remember to acknowledge your progress as you go along. Take a minute to reflect how far you've come. And I've said this before, you know, one of these days you're going to turn around and look at back at all of the mountains you've climbed and be like, wow, I didn't realize how much I've already gotten done. And that taking a minute to reflect on that and to give yourself credit for all your hard work. It's like, it's like fuel for the fire, right? It's boosting your belief in yourself and your ability to achieve those goals. So whether your dream is to climb Mount Everest or tiny, like putting on your shoes, make it achievable, celebrate every single victory along the way. And don't forget to pat yourself on the back. I know uh, people like Gary Vaynerchuk talk about how you shouldn't rest on your laurels. I got to tell you, as someone who has hypothyroidism, I like to rest on my laurels because at some point I'm just so exhausted I can't get up off the couch. I have a physical issue and I get that and not everybody does. But I got to tell you, this whole notion of put your nose to the grindstone and grind just makes me a little crazy because I think we need the ebb and the flow of energy in order to be our best. Honestly, I really do. Because over the last 10 years, I think grind, 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 grind has become sort of the, the, the standard. And uh, I don't know if that's the case. I don't know if that builds confidence because sometimes you grind, 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 and you feel like you've got nothing to show for it. Why? Because you haven't taken a moment to take stock and understood that you've achieved some goals, even if you haven't achieved the big goals yet. You can, you can acknowledge that you're on your way. And if you don't do that, eventually things get kind of down and that's when your confidence takes a hit. So instead, take a minute, take a minute and acknowledge where you are and where you've been and how far you've come. And then of course, get back to it. I'm not saying stop. I'm saying take a break. That's a big difference. All right. Next technique, surround yourself with positive influences. Seek out people who are supportive, whether they're mentors or friends or communities who are going to uplift you and encourage you. Honestly, their belief in you and your belief in them can bolster your, your confidence. I mean, really, that's something that's really true. I know that I talk a lot about how this stuff has to come from within and I even wrote a book called Speak From Within because I think, yes, you are you are imminently divine. You are imminently wonderful. You are imminently awesome and fabulous. And sometimes you forget. And sometimes having someone in your corner to say, hey, I think you're fab is an amazing thing. It makes you remember how fabulous you are. It helps you kind of have a touchstone that way. So if you surround yourself with the good stuff, you are going to just have a much easier time maintaining the good stuff. So like imagine you're walking through a beautiful, lush, gorgeous garden and it's got incredible flowers and lots of beautiful scents and colors and everything is just wah. 
that's the kind of atmosphere I'm going to encourage you to, to create in your life. If you can surround yourself with people who lift you up, then why not choose that, <laughs> right? Why would you choose surrounding yourself with people who bring you down? I mean, some people like the challenge. I know Gary Vaynerchuk has talked a lot about that. I use him as a counterpoint a lot, I've noticed. But he's talked a lot about, like, he loves, um, you know, he loves it when someone tells him, you'll never do it, because he wants to rub their nose in it when he does. And I'm like, eh, there's enough room, there's enough sunlight for all the flowers in the garden, as far as I'm concerned. So I don't think you need to do that. I don't think you need to rub anybody's nose into anything. I think that it's important to remember that there's enough. All right, cool. Let's move on. I want you to seek out the people who believe in you. I want you to seek out friends like that. I want you to seek out mentors who see your potential, even especially when you can't, and communities that feel like home. And this is tough because the people who will be your cheerleaders come from sometimes unexpected places right? They can be your sounding boards, they can be your cheerleaders, and you can do the same for them for sure. The thing is, you have to understand when a community doesn't feel like home. To me, I go back to my intuition. If I am part of a community, and I see that they they take more than they give, after a while, I got to tell you, that bums me out, right? I love reciprocity. I ultimately do that. I used to be a giver, 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 giver. And I love reciprocity, 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 reciprocity is the thing as far as I'm concerned. And that's what I want. And because I used to give until I was empty and then I was, would turn around and go, Hey, wait a minute. Why am I empty? (laughs) Right? I mean, that's an important aspect of this. If there's enough sunlight for all the flowers in the garden, then just giving of yourself eventually depletes your own resources. So bear that in mind, right? If you're finding that you're giving and you're not getting anything back and it bothers you, if it doesn't bother you, go you, you know, enjoy. But if it bothers you, then you might want to seek a different community or another community or additional people in your community or you might want to talk with the people who are in the community and go, hey, I feel like this is this relationship is kind of one-sided. Can we talk about that? And I'm not going to give you all the words to how to communicate that properly. Uh, if you want to know, get in touch because I think it's important to think about this. Uh, we, I think we do. I think we need to think about all of this and how who we spend our time with and how we spend our time. A lot of it is it sort of gives us the reason and it gives us the method to live our lives really well. And so just being around people who are positive can lift your spirits and it can boost your confidence. And I think it's like having your own personal cheer squad, right? And you, again, you do the same for them. It's not one-sided from anybody. And yet positivity isn't going to be just about the people in your life. It's about the energy that you bring, right? Like I said, this is this is ultimately about reciprocity. But if you focus on cultivating that gratitude mindset and kindness and optimism, if you fill your life with things that make you happy, 
whether it's spending time in nature or indulging in your favorite hobbies or simply counting your blessings, that is also going to elevate your mood. And by the way, an elevated mood that's from a healthy place, guess what? It boosts your confidence. So you're going to create an environment where confidence can thrive. And I would love to see you do that. I would love to see you bloom into the confident, unstoppable force that I think you were always meant to be. All right. Last technique, practice self-care. Take time to nurture your body, your mind, your spirit, whether it's through meditation, and you know what a proponent of meditation I am, creative expression, and you know what a proponent of creative expression I am, exercise, and you know that I try to exercise every day. (laughs) I know this is not easy. Uh, It's like, well, when do I get to actually work and live my life and do all, if I'm doing all of this? Yeah, you don't have to take a lot of time to do this stuff. Even five minutes of meditation a day will make all the difference in the world. Right now I'm super busy. So I'm not spending more than seven minutes a day meditating, but that seven minutes is inviolate. I think it's so important that I, even seven minutes, I'm giving it to myself as something that is crucial for my uh, well-being. So you can meditate, you can take a moment to breathe, you can prioritize the kind of activities that are going to replenish your energy level and that are going to nourish your spirit. It's so important, I think. So... I want you to uh, do a little visualization with me. Uh, Sit down if you're standing up, close your eyes and just listen. Imagine you're standing in front of a cozy fireplace and you're wrapped in a soft blanket with a steaming cup of tea in your hands. That same feeling of warmth and comfort, that is self-care. So whenever you need a moment of self-care, just bring yourself to this place, whatever the fireplace looks like whatever the room looks like it's just cozy and you're drinking a wonderful cup of tea your blanket is soft just like right now I'm wrapped up in a soft fuzzy blanket give yourself that moment whenever you need it of just remembering this space of feeling good okay so yeah I get it life can be hectic work and family and everything in between can be bananas and you can sometimes lose yourself as far as your list of priorities And remember, you can't pour from an empty cup and you don't want to pour into a cracked cup. So take some time to fill your cup up and make sure that if you're pouring yourself into a cup, that it isn't cracked, that you're not wasting your time and your energy. Super important. Because self-care is not just about bubble baths and face masks, although (laughs) those are great too, provided they're fragrance-free, but it's about nurturing your body and your mind and your spirit in whatever way feels right for you. So maybe it's going for a run to get those endorphins flowing. Maybe it's practicing yoga to quiet your mind. Maybe it's getting lost in some sort of creative project that ignites your soul. Whatever it is, right? Prioritize it. Prioritize it for yourself. And it doesn't have to be complicated. It can be as simple as taking a few deep breaths, imagining that fireplace scene, going for a walk, curling up with a good book, petting a cat. The key is to listen to what your body and mind need in the moment and to honor it. And if what they need is a cup of tea, go make yourself a cup of tea. Take the time to do that. Listen to your insides. They know what's going on. If you find that you need a little help in your confidence journey, I'm here for that. If you're looking for perhaps some coaching or you simply want to connect 
with a supportive community, you can reach out to me through social and let's see if we can't do some kind of work to help you get to a place where you're building your confidence and you're maintaining your confidence levels pretty much at all times as you go through your life. It's, I think, crucial and so important. Alrighty, this episode has been brought to you by Brain FM, which is my favorite app when it comes to getting my head on straight. I use it to meditate. I use it to create. I use it to uh, fall asleep when I need to. I use it to focus on the admin tasks that I have, on the accounting tasks that I have. It, it helps your brain operate more functionally depending on what task you need to achieve or accomplish. I love, love, love it. And it's also brought to you by my class, Meditation for Busy People. Really, <laughs> I was talking about taking a five-minute break to, to sort of breathe. This class is, frankly, I priced it really low. And I priced it really low because I wanted everybody who wants to, to have access to it. It's that simple. If, if you want to learn a couple of meditative techniques to get you into a, a much better, healthier, more peaceful place, pretty quickly, five minutes a day. Uh, this is the class for you. I'm going to put a link in the show notes just so you have it. And uh, yeah, and if you want to get in touch or make a, a discovery call appointment with me, I can give you 15 minutes and answer questions and help you get on your way to build your confidence so that you can create the life and the work you love. That's really all there is. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. This is Isolde Trachtenberg for the Creative Solutions Podcast, reminding you to be bold, be creative, and most of all, be kind. Thanks so much for joining me today. I really appreciate you being here. Please subscribe to the show if you're new, and it would mean the world to me if you told a friend about it. Today's episode was produced by Isolde Trachtenberg and is copyright 2024. As always, please remember this is for educational and entertainment purposes only. Past performance does not guarantee future results, although we can always hope. Thanks so much for joining me today. I really appreciate you being here. Please subscribe to the show if you're new, and it would mean the world to me if you told a friend about it. Today's episode was produced by Isolde Trachtenberg and is copyright 2024. As always, please remember this is for educational and entertainment purposes only. Past performance does not guarantee future results, although we can always hope. <laughs>